Namaste. Happy Sunday. So I'm so honored to be here to lead you through a, a mantra practice in, uh, in the bhakti tradition that we call kirtan. And it's a, it's a call and response of Sanskrit mantras. And this particular mantra um, translates to, may all beings be happy and free. And the way that this will unfold is, is I will sing the mantra and do call and response a couple of times, and then when you get the melody, um, we can join all together. But the most important thing to remember about having a mantra practice is that it doesn't matter what you sound like at all. As long as you are connecting to your heart and from a place of intention, then it is worthy to be offered up to the divine. So before we start, just take a moment, sit up tall, find a soft gaze or close your eyes, and think of someone you love. Think of someone that just fills you with devotion. And as we chant this mantra, I would love for you to send this prayer to that person. call and response loka samasta sukino bhavantu your turn loka samasta one more time loka samasta sukino bhavantu second part loka samasta Samasta, 
beginning. find a prayer at your heart and just take a moment to close your eyes or find a soft gaze and feel the vibrations of the mantra notice the shift and the change in your body if any and by coming together raising our voices up as one we elevate the collective consciousness to relieve suffering for all human beings. Take a big breath in, big breath out, and closing our mantra practice with the sound of Om, breathing in. bottom of my heart. Namaste. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void. While darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God a divine wind, a holy wind, a sacred wind, covered over the deep of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. O sacred wind, sweep over us now. Fill our hearts with your breath. Fill our lungs with your power, fill our minds with your creative energy. Gather us into worship as together we celebrate your presence in us, among us, here, now. Siblings of the Spirit, let us worship God. Please rise and join us as we sing, Come and Go to that land.
another school year. Yes. We Care Buddies, come join us too. All right. We got We Care through fifth graders up here. Oh, we got a third grader and some first graders and 3K coming too. Wow. I'm so happy to see all of your faces. In this new school year, I want you to think right now in your head. Think in your head because I'm going to be asking you, who do you want to be this school year? What kind of friend and classmate do you want to be this school year? If there was a new kid coming, maybe they're not even starting this week, maybe they're starting in October, how are you going to be a friend to that new student? Miss Sarah's going to write your ideas up here them and telling them how the class works. Oh, I like that. Yes. How else can you be a friend and a nice, kind classmate this school year? Who do you want to be this school year? Keep thinking in your heads. I have the mic to come to you. While you're thinking, I'm going to show you a little reminder. What is this? A pencil. Does everyone use this at homework or in class? Yeah. yeah. What's on the end? What's on the end? An eraser. Erasers are really helpful if you need to fix a math problem, right? But with our words, it's not as easy just to erase away words we say. It takes, you can say sorry, and you can be a different kind of person, but what if you didn't even have to erase it away? So another way I'm going to ask the question is, how can you write love into this school year? What would that look like? I saw Gabrielle with her hand a moment ago. By sharing toys. Oh, yes, by sharing toys. That's a great way. We want to make sure we're working to share. And what else, Henry? By helping with difficult questions or hoping to give an answer that somebody doesn't know. Yeah, that's great. Did you have another one? Maybe at recess, if they're lonely, you could play with them. I love that. I love that. Any last thoughts, my friends? Grand tour of the school. A grand tour of the school. 
Not just a tour, a grand tour of the school. You guys, these are really good thoughts. I feel confident that my middle friends up here are gonna be friends that help. Not friends that bully, not people who put down, but friends who uplift their classmates and welcome and give help by sharing and explaining rules and greeting new friends and helping with answer questions and playing at recess. Those are beautiful thoughts. Keep them in your mind as you go into this next week and each week beyond. Make your schools those warm, inviting places. Let's say a prayer about that right now. You can stand with me, friends, and you can link up hands if you feel comfortable. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for this new school year. Help us to be a friend who shares, who plays, who helps. Amen. All right, I believe in you. Let's sing some Sia Hamba. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Middle Church. My name is Amanda. I'm one of the ministers here, and we are so glad that you are here. Is anyone with us today worshiping for the very first time? If so, will you raise your hand? We'd like to welcome you and see where you're from. Welcome. Where are you all visiting from? Minnesota. Okay, good to see you. Where are you from? Stytown. Stytown. <laughs> Me too. We're neighbors. Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. Welcome. Anybody else? Yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah. Corey, where are you from? I'm from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Right here? Yeah. London. Welcome, everyone. We're so glad that you're here. Ushers are giving you a card to stay connected. Yeah? Paris. Good. Did I miss anybody? And just a reminder that we are inviting everyone, whether you've been here a hundred times or this is your very first time, to put a name tag on now. Uh, I feel like that's been in the water for a while here before, but we'd love to start doing that again so we can all feel like family. There's name tags in the back. So write your name and put it on um, as you are able. A special welcome also to all of our friends who are watching online. We'll turn around and say hello to them. I know we have Nathaniel there today, Diane, Matthew, and Jackie and John are also watching online. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis will be back with us next Sunday. Yes, next Sunday, September 15th is our big homecoming Sunday. It's a day at middle that you do not want to miss. We will be back to two worships, 9.30 and 11.45. And after both worships, we will have a festive fair in the social hall. 
This is a time where you can see all the different things that our church community has to offer, where you can get signed up for small groups, for volunteer opportunities, for justice events, and we're gonna have a photographer on site so we can update all of our pictures in our online directory. So make sure you get your picture taken next week. We're gonna have some of our database managers here so you can say, hey, I wanna receive this email and not this one. Take me off that list and put me on this list. We're gonna make sure that all of our contact information is up to date. And if you do all the fun things at the fair, you will get some free old vintage middle swag. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you don't want to miss next week. We'll see you at homecoming. And as we make that transition into the fall, we want to take a minute and say a big thank you to our summer choir. Our summer choir has been with us throughout this entire summer, gifting us with your talents, and we are so grateful. Also, that being said, today is Allison Mickelson's last Sunday, just as the director of the summer choir. You're not going anywhere, right? But Allison, thank you for directing the summer choir. I'd say Allison has a few friends here, just a few. Couple of announcements and there's more behind me. Tomorrow we are bringing back Pub Theology. I know Marta and Chad will be there tomorrow, so see Marta if you have questions about that. Also, on Friday, September 20th, Middle Church offices will be closed. We'll be closed because we are joining in the global climate strike. So our offices will not be open, and you can find all of us downtown at Foley Square for the march and the rally, which is at noon. Middle Church, we will be marching with other UCC and UU congregations, so be looking for that meetup spot in the coming weeks. Uh, we have a couple of other special guests in the house. Today's prayer will be sung in just a minute uh, by Corey Gibson, and Corey is part of a production, As Much As I Can, which is going to start at Joe's Pub this week, right? And um, As Much As I Can has become family to us here as Middle. They've been rehearsing with us for the past couple weeks, and you've been worshiping with us since July, really, the producer. So they are, have really become part of who we are, and Corey, we're looking forward to your prayer here in a minute. It's important that you all know that as much as I can was commissioned to stop the transmission of HIV among black men who have sex with men. So we lift up this important piece of art to you middle and we will be going to see a production of that um, soon, this Thursday. Okay, great. So Chad's gonna coordinate a middle outing where we can go and see that work together. I think that's all the announcements. Thank you for hearing all of that with me. And we are going to transition now um, Say it, John. Yeah, we are going to transition now um, into a time of prayer. So if I can invite everyone just to close your eyes. And just take a deep breath. We've already been welcomed into this space so wonderfully. As New Yorkers and as humans, we recognize that Wednesday will bring the 18th anniversary of 9-11. And Corey will sing, change is going to come, because change must come. 
We are not yet who we can be, who we must be. And we mourn that. We remember the many lives lost on 9-11, the children and responders who still suffer from PTSD and health complications. We hold that we, that America, is complicit in Islamophobia and in violence, and that we must continually strive for religious freedom. After Corey sings, we will transition into the Lord's Prayer. And instead of our trans traditional congregational amen, we will sing together, sing hallelujah to the Lord, a phrase that Christians are singing in Hong Kong to bring peace among the continual unrest there. So with all that we are, with all that you are, O oh God, let us continue to pray now through song. I was born by the river in her little tent. Oh, oh, oh and just like that a river I've been running, running ever since. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know change gonna come. Oh, yes, you will. It's been too hard living, living, but I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long, I said a long time coming, but I know change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. Then I go to my brother and I say hey brother help me please but he winds up knocking me back down back down on my I just wouldn't last for long, but now I know I'm able, I'm able, able to carry on, it's been a long, 
But I know change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. please as we continue that powerful prayer and let's say together the prayer that Jesus taught us to say which is printed in your worship bulletin ever loving and holy God how it be Friends, we are going to take this time now to welcome and greet one another in love. A special welcome and greeting to our preachers of the day, Erica Hunt and Jocelyn Liu. And now let's greet one another in the peace of God.
Today, we're excited to welcome back to the pulpit Erica Hunt and Jocelyn Liu. To guide our reflections this morning, we'll be reading from the Gospel according to John. We're in chapter 20, which is the end of the book, so Jesus has already resurrected and he appears among the disciples. Jesus came and stood among the disciples and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Church. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here with you today and to be a part of this worship celebration with this amazing and profound and breathtaking music and prayer. Erica and I are here before you today to talk about breath and we're also here to share some of our own breath some of it in the form of words, words that we've written and words written by others too. 
Uh, in my case, although we see poetry slam, what you're going to hear from me today are more reflections than poetry, and then I'm going to end by sharing an amazing uh, poem by one of our neighbors in the East Village, Lower East Side. Before we can talk about breath, we need to talk about what it means to be breathless, to have our breaths taken away. What takes our breath away? New love can do it, but so can grief. The kind of bone-aching grief that I imagine Mary Magdalene must have felt in that passage in John just before the one that Chad read to us when Mary was weeping outside the empty tomb, grieving for her lost rabbi Jesus. She didn't even have a body to mourn, which must have made her loss all the worse. And in this, she was like families today in conflict or war zones who lose loved ones to atomizing anti-personnel weapons. The empty tomb, the horror of the empty tomb, the void, not even the beloved body to touch. Lost this hard hollows you out, it empties you, and grief that deep can make you sob until you're out of breath. And these days we have so much to grieve. I'm thinking now of a brave young woman who survived one of the school shootings that are so much in the news before they fade from the news. She was at her high school on its day of terror. She lived through that terror and she graduated and she entered college. At my college's freshman orientation a couple of weeks ago, she sat not with the other new students, but between her two parents. Like my 19-year-old daughter, Gracie, she grew up having to practice not just fire drills, but shooter drills. The protocol, which we review with our students at each orientation too, is run, hide, tell. My student, who survived the massacre, was terrified afraid that she'd have a panic attack, but she willed herself to stay put and to listen, run, hide, tell. The fact is that we as a nation have allowed a few generations of our school kids to be shot dead or terrorized by gun violence. Some of our children have been deprived of breath forever. Many of them not just the survivors of school massacres, but those who've endured those endless shooter drills, which mean to safeguard our children, but also serve to normalize gun violence, are too anxious to deeply breathe. What else takes our breath away? Inscribed and re-inscribed in our neural pathways every time we see the footage again, Eric Garner during his final moments of drawing breath. Eric Garner, who somehow summoned enough breath to tell his attacker, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The moments before Eric Garner's death are inscribed in our neural pathways because we have good footage of it, but there are so many un other uninscribed moments, so many empty tombs 
of black men mostly, but also black children and black women who were killed by and continue to die at the hands of an institution, at the hands of a force that was formed to serve and to protect. Standing before these empty tombs, who among us can breathe? At the college where I teach, we try to help our students not point fingers at individual people, but to understand global systems of injustice and inequality. It's my job here in the U.S. to help them think about systems of injustice and inequality, inequality right here at home. In my classroom, we talk about how our mighty nation's brokenness started right at the beginning with genocide and enslavement, and how that brokenness shaped and still shapes our institutions. Using this framework, we go on to talk about institutional racism, militarized police forces, worldwide endless war, and so on. Our students need to know the contours and depth of the breach before they get, can begin to walk with those who are already working to heal that breach. I like to think that what I do as a professor is necessary, but sometimes when I think about that breach, the unrepaired breach, the empty space, the empty tomb yawning beneath our nation's feet, and how in the classroom I pull back the curtain on American exceptionalism to show my kids the terrifying void over which we stand, it takes my breath away. Here is something else that takes my breath. This Wednesday, as Amanda said, it will be the 18th year since 9-11-2001. I remember the horror and the shock we felt when the imposing-looking World Trade Center towers that were the emblems of the financial center of our nation and where many of our friends and neighbors worked dissolved into dust. Those of us who lived downtown and stayed downtown while the ruins of the towers burned walked around, if we walked around at all, wearing particle masks or scarves or bandanas around our mouths and noses so that we would not breathe the toxic smoke that rose from the funeral pyre that contained the bodies of the employees and CEOs and undocumented workers and firemen and of the violent extremists also who had hijacked the planes. It was a time of mourning and of grief and of not being able to breathe. During those terrible first days after 9-11, Middle Church kept its doors open. My husband Chuck, our then toddler Gracie, and I were among the many who walked through those doors. Gracie and her very energetic little East Village friends, who'd been cooped up inside for days because we couldn't take them to the playground with all that smoke, had the run of the social hall. It was then that I began to learn what the word refuge could mean. I wrote back then in my second book that the bitter smell that was everywhere hadn't penetrated Middle Sanctuary. This was and is a safe 
space, a space where after 9-11, I learned how to breathe again. I'd like to leave you now with a poem that I mentioned by Hetty Jones, our neighbor down the block on East Fifth Street. And this is also about those breathless times. Dust, a survival kit, 9-11 to 10-11-2001. Listen to Hetty's words. 9-25, two weeks breathing the dead, each breath marking each stunning absence, ourselves as coffin, winding sheet, urn, worm, but oh, of what is God made? 10-2, we lived among blossoming words until some of them exploded, like one human exploding another. Say human again. Try to feel the word on your lips. 10, 11. The dead have dispersed. It has rained on them twice. They have drifted to sea, ascended in mist. Breathe them once again and begin. A second wind. In my remarks today, I will take us through a few moves from breath to poetry, to breath again. In the lectionary we use today, and just a line or two earlier, Jesus appears before the disciples, and they are surprised, and they want to embrace him. But he tells them, don't touch me just yet. I haven't yet ascended to my father. He tells them, peace be with you. He says it twice. Peace be with you. And then he breathes on them. And at that moment, between some sort of middle place, he's still Jesus and he's not yet the Christ, he is a bridge. He's a bridge from us to an intangible God. The God who the Israelites knew as a column of smoke, a burning bush, a blinding light, a whisper in a storm. The disciples, it says in the message, the disciples are exuberant when they see him. And I also think that their heads are spinning with disbelief and being puzzled. Before them is the friend and teacher who they saw taunted, tortured, murdered, and now he's returned, yet he's changed. 
He faces them and he breathes peace and he breathes the Holy Spirit that refreshes and restores. And the disciples now have a kind of tangible means of connecting to the intangible presence of God. Thus my meditation, a second wind. I have found a second wind in breathing, taking a deep breath as I pray. Taking a deep breath in the middle of catastrophe. Taking a deep breath in the middle of mourning. It helps me to connect to the words of prayer, to visualize that breath enters me and the spirit is embodied. And I use that as a bridge to God who loves us so much as to let us touch and be touched. Like many, I feel overwhelmed by practical, political, and even existential worries. And I feel like I am losing my breath we run, some of us, all the time, stoics, to the point of collapse or to the point of ill health or blood pressure or other kinds of neglect of self without taking a breath, without stopping for that second wind in which we let God give us the peace, the healing, the focus, the clarity, the wisdom, the energy. to finish the race towards love and justice. Here is an exercise. It is taken from the practice of pranayama breathing, which has origins in India, as our guest today showed us, and I strongly suspect it's older than even that practice, fifth or sixth century of breathing. It is intended to clear emotional and physical knots in the body-mind in order to create calm and clarity and focus. The breath is called 478. How many people know it? It's very, I read an article recently in the Times that said that this breath of taking in a breath and then short time, then letting out a breath for a longer period of time actually impacts the vagus nerve. It's actually got a physiological place in our bodies that helps us to calm down <laughs> and slow down so that we can then regain our strength, regain our breath. Four, seven, eight, let's practice. We breathe in for a count of four, hold it for seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and breathe out for eight. Let's do it one more time. Hold in for four. Breathe in. One, two, three, four. Breathe out for seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And breathe out eight. Thank you. Now let us imagine we are in the presence of God and God breathes upon us. Peace be to you. And so we breathe in God's peace and we let it settle, and then we breathe out our distress, <laughs> breathe out your anxiety, breathe out your fear, 
breathe in God's peace, then breathe out that sense of siege, frustration, rage, insufficiency, grief, our concern for ourselves and for our neighbors. And in the next breath, we let God come near, the Holy Spirit bringing peace, a sense of resilience, the strength to mount the air like eagles, says the psalmist, to run and not grow weary. In the next lines of John, after this breath, this gift of the second wind, Jesus sends the disciples into the world, not to just sit there and have peace, nice, <laughs> but to go out into the world, to take action, to tikkun alum, right? To heal the world, and that takes energy. That means we don't become part of the whirlwind around us. We don't become part of the Trumpian chaos, the endless and frantic greed, the death wish and violence breaking the bodies around us, the violence or the despoiling of the world. We get a second wind. How cool is that? The deep breath of God's peace, a deep exhalation, longer than the inhale, gifts us with calm clarity connects us to love, moves us towards justice. I want to read an excerpt from a poem by Juliana Spar, and she wrote it after 9-11, when she was living in Brooklyn. as everyone with lungs breathes the space between the hands and then space around the hands and the space of the room and the space of the building that surrounds the room and the space of the neighborhoods nearby and the space of the cities and the space of the regions and the space of the nations and the space of the continents and islands and the space of the oceans and the space of the troposphere and the space of the stratosphere in and out as everyone with lungs breathes the space between the hands and the space around the hands and the space of the room and the space of the building that surrounds the room and the space of the neighborhoods nearby and the space of the cities and the space of the regions and the space of the nations and the space of the continents and islands and the space of the oceans and the space of the tropospheres and the space of the stratosphere and the space of the mesosphere in and out. In this everything turning and small, being breathed in and out by everyone with lungs during all of the moments, then all of it entering in and out. The entering and in and out of the space of the mesosphere into, this, into the entering in and out of the space of the stratosphere, in the entering in and out of the space of the troposphere, in the entering in and out of the space of the oceans, in the entering in and out of the space of the continents and islands, in the entering in and out of the space of the nations, in the entering in and out of the space of the regions, in the entering in and out of the space of the cities, in the entering in and out of the space of the neighborhoods nearby, in the entering in and out of the space of the building, in the entering in and out of the space of the room, in and out of the space around the hands, in the entering in and out of the space between the hands. How connected we are with everyone the space of everyone, 
that has just been inside of everyone, mixing inside of everyone with nitrogen and oxygen, water vapor and argon and carbon dioxide and suspended dust spores and bacteria, mixing inside of everyone with sulfur and titanium and nickel and silicon particles from pulverized glass and concrete. How lovely, how doomed this connection of everyone with lungs. I leave you with this poem. It's a variation of a poem I've already written for a book called Veronica. For you who lie awake in the who knows what will happen next, unstill stillness, I pray for you a second wind. For you whose breath is caught between stations, motionless yet headlong in peril. For you who inhale and do not exhale, in the shock of the latest cruelty, the latest mass funeral. For you who wrestle with angels, or are they angels? Or is the angel yourself? For you who are tight in the grip of doubt or rage or shame, an old tape scolding you for being yourself. For you for whom the end of the world is terrifyingly close, who look down and see there is no net after all. For you, for whom the end of the world has already come in the form of genocide or state-sanctioned terror, who have survived being indigenous, black, Jewish, Hutu, Croat, for you, who the end of the world means exhaustion, the end of living with empire. For you, who have no words, can barely breathe, let alone speak. For you, whom love is finally a possibility, touch a kindling flame, kiss a public celebration, a held hand, a sanctuary, that others want to police or extinguish. For you whom love comes with a fist or a shove or a broken jaw, for whom love is out of body. For you who seek sh shelter, safety, who seek a meal, a nap, a rest, some music, maybe too much pasta, a glass of wine, the cup of friendship, the decency, decency towards neighbors, just wages and health, just to be free, that we all get free, that we get free with justice. Peace be to you. Peace be to you. A deep breath. Take in peace. Hold it, release. May God shine God's face upon you and give you peace. Thank you.
question. Uh, well, well, first of all, good morning, Middle. My name is Darren. I am the chair of the consistory here at Middle, and I tend to be a really go, 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 try to make things happen guy. And so trying to talk about joining the movement on Take a Breath Sunday reminds me to slow down a little. Um, but Middle for me has been, over the last eight or nine years that I've been coming here, the place where I can take a breath where I can get filled with that, with that holy breath, with that holy wind. And there, you know, there have been times in the last eight or nine years when it's been a little harder for me, personally. When I, times in my life when I could barely catch my breath. But I would come to middle, and I could take a moment, and I could take a breath here at middle. And then there have been other times, thankfully many more times, when it, for me personally, was a little easier to breathe. The world may have been going to hell in a handbasket, but for me personally, in my own life, it was a little easier to breathe. And in those moments, I knew that the call on my life, and I think we all have versions of this call, is to take care of this space and to take care of this community and to join this movement for love and justice because each of us has those moments upon moments when we need a place to help us take a breath. And I ask you today to think about joining the movement, or if you've joined this movement already and been in this, how can you help contribute to sustain it? I know, you know, we're going to pass the offering baskets around in, a, in about a minute or so, and if you want to throw some dollars in there, that's great. That sustains and keeps this place going. If you go to middlechurch.org donate and set up a recurring donation, that keeps this space going week after week so that people can have a space in this crazy time when we can take a breath. But you can also, if you want to perhaps serve in our consistory and help lead this place and help make some new practices, feel free to talk to me afterward. We can talk about how that works. If you want to join this movement and become a member, if you want to be a greeter in the morning and let people see what it's like to enter a space and have a face light up when they come in the room, if you want to make sandwiches for the homeless through our butterfly program, there are so many ways for you to help keep this space going, for you to make this a place where each and every one of us can take a breath. And any of those things I mentioned, if you want to talk to me afterward, talk to Chad, talk to Amanda, we are happy to connect to you because this is our community. And when we take care of it together, we can breathe together. Thank you. Ocean of 
We are the people, the red, the white, the brown, the black and blue, time to do it, yeah, do me justice, yeah, yeah, glory be, people, I'm your lady liberty, yeah, rest in me, people, I'm your lady liberty, for you recognize yourself in the human machine who are not like you and me give me your tired and poor your huddled masses yearning to be free immigrants and refugees send your homeless torn and tossed to me loving and holy God, as we take a breath this Sunday and we prepare to move forward into homecoming Sunday of next week with our 9.30 and 11.45 services, <laughs> we thank you for these gifts from this generous congregation to further love and justice in the world, to make it on earth as it is in heaven. In your many names we pray, amen.
again. Dear friends, as we prepare to go out into the world and do all the things that we do, remember to take a breath. Remember that God has given each of us the gift of grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. Empowered by this good news, go forth now into the world to love and to serve. And may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God look upon you with kindness and grant you peace this day and always. Amen. Amen.